Hello and welcome to another Total Space podcast. This week's deep dive is Starlink. I'm Ryan from the Space Update and join me today is... I'm Mikko. And today we have a lot of Starlink news to cover. But first, let's talk about what Starlink is about. Starlink is a low Earth orbit satellite constellation to bring internet all over the world. The key here is low Earth orbit. It's around 550 kilometers high orbit. Usually internet satellites are located in geostationary Earth orbit, which is about 36,000 kilometers high. So limiting factor here is the speed of light. No matter how much bandwidth geosatellites have, they will always have a latency of at least 500 milliseconds or half a second, whereas Starlink is targeting under 20 milliseconds, which is basically your usual home internet connection. Oh, and Starlink is SpaceX's service. They build their own satellites and receivers and of course launch them with their internal prices. Last Sunday, SpaceX launched their 13 operational batch of 60 satellites, bringing the total over 800. And by this episode is released, there's going to be another launch probably. Full Constellation will have thousands of satellites and public beta is expected to start soon. SpaceX has long been the biggest satellite operator in the world, but there are hurdles. As Elon said in an interview, the number of LEO satellite constellations that have not gone bankrupt is zero. But as recent news have showed us, there seems to be a lot of interest for Starlink. But before the news, let's take a look at what Starlink satellites are more specifically. Yeah, the Starlinks are the construction of them, if you imagine like um, a tabletop, they're a bit like that, they're a little bit like a, a long, thin satellite rather than your big chunky box, usually kind of satellite. Um, but they're like a long, thin table, uh, 260 kilograms, so a little bit heavy, heavier than your tabletop. And they use Hall effect thrusters to uh, alter their height um, once in orbit. But uh, they're very small and thin, but uh, very nimble and uh, agile. Yeah, indeed. And SpaceX is actually using Krypton gas on their whole effect thrusters. And they are the first company ever to do that in space. Yeah, and they construct, that flat construction really maximizes the, the space as well. Because at the moment, uh, I believe Elon said, they produce in, in, a ra- in a range of... 100 to 100, 120 Starlink satellites per month at the moment. So they're having a backlog of literally hundreds of these things and not enough launches going up. Yeah, that's really mind-boggling because I, I think the ne- next next biggest satellite manufacturer maybe produce around 30 satellites in a month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they went from producing like literally 30 or 50 or so and they just ramped up production that much. I mean, once Starlink, Starship, sorry, comes online, um, I believe Starship can uh, launch at least those 120 in one payload uh, quite easily. So that'll keep the production line going and get the full operational amount up in orbit. Because I believe it was uh, 8,900 um, for the first stage of operational of Starlink, was it? Yeah, yeah, actually, 
that's true. I, I think that will only uh, cover some of United States and Canada. Yeah, I believe it's like the north, um, northern regions of like North America, Canada. Um, whether it's northern Europe and everything, I don't know, because it's it's currently only um, in America at the moment, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I think for you, uh, Starlink could even work at the moment. But for me, since Finland is so high, I won't be having the connection anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have a connection problem, but um, it's just one of those things. It's uh, keen to keen to have it because. Um, I'm already paying quite a decent amount for my internet and the Wi-Fi and everything. And imagine if I'm paying a continuous amount per month, whether it's, I don't know, 30, 40 pounds, I don't God knows how much it's going to cost in the end. But potentially you could access that anytime at home and stuff like that at the same cost. And it's a hell of a lot faster. Yeah, if they can actually provide the speeds they were talking about, some like gigabit speeds, that would really be something and imagine once it once it's all in place it's a lot less infrastructure if you imagine the current setup um, of all the wi-fi and internet systems uh, you've got wires under the pavements uh, going under the sea under the ground everywhere whereas starlink it's just there in the sky and you just need to plug this antenna and plug it in and go up yeah yeah that that's really going to be a cheap way to bring internet into rural areas Actually, I have some news about that. We were quite surprised to see Washington State Emergency Management post pictures of Starlings on Twitter that they had offered for the town of Malden in Washington that was overcome by wildfires last month. And the wildfires also burned down their fiber, so the town was basically offline. And it's really awesome to see SpaceX deploy internet to them so they can rebuild, and I think they did it for free. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I mean, we rely on the internet that much now, we just don't realize how much we need it. And if it's something like that, um, I don't know how big the town of uh, was was there that uh, lost got everything knocked out, but if you imagine your own hometown, if everything got knocked out there, you, you got banks, um, various businesses that work purely work over the internet and um, for the likes of all you, the website guys out there and all the digital media guys. Without the internet, essentially dozens, hundreds of businesses physically can't work and I believe they, uh, they managed to get it back up and running and everything within a matter of days, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. I don't think they really posted anything specific other than they got at least some emergency services online yeah i believe so it might have been a case of um ego help will help you out get the, the essentials online but um don't think too much was really shared about it i think it was kept fairly it was quite publicly announced but the nitty-gritty details were kept under wraps by the looks of it yeah yeah that's what surprised me that they were able to post pictures on twitter since every spacex employee had to agree to an NDA. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and after that event, uh, there was Native American whole tribe from Washington. They got the internet and that's what they said on Twitter. What a difference high-speed internet can make. Our children can participate in remote learning, 
residents can access healthcare. We felt like we'd been battling upriver with a spoon on this. SpaceX made it happen overnight. It seemed like out of nowhere, SpaceX just came up and just catapulted us into the 21st century. And this is the stuff we need to hear. Everyone should have access to internet these days. Here in Finland, an access to the internet has been mandated by law since 2010, and wherever you live, ISPs must provide a connection with a reasonable price. Do you have something similar in UK? Not really. It's either you have it or you don't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's basic things where if it's in place, it has to be a minimum of this kind of thing. But um, like uh, the mother-in-law's moving to a little one-ground-floor bungalow, basically out in the middle of the country. Um, not much connection anywhere and stuff like that. It does have internet, but it only has the basics and stuff like that. But in terms of laws. Um, it's just literally you have it or you don't, basically, and it's yeah, it's, it's not quite like other countries because Europe seems to be leading the way in terms of high quality internet and fiber and everything. Whereas the, if you look at the charts anyway online, I think the UK is like if you go and look at the top ten, uh, I think the UK is in tenth or eleventh place, like miles behind everyone else in terms of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, Europe is really good with the internet, especially. Nordic countries, probably because we have so few people living here, so the service providers can actually provide internet to everyone with good bandwidth. And I think the the online learning aspect for it, um, for that uh, remote tribe, would be absolutely fantastic, especially help the kids learn even more um, than they already know at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, especially during these times. For example, I've been working from home uh, since March and I really haven't had a full day at the office since. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my wife's back at work now, but she was doing this exact thing. She was on the internet teaching kids remotely um, across the world. Um, I won't mention names or, what, or anything like that, but she was teaching children across the UK and in across China and Thailand and everything like that so across the world really and it all relies on this internet connection if you don't have it um, it can hamper things especially in situations like we're in today when things get locked down schools work colleges universities everything else yeah yeah uh, there was also online learning here in Finland I remember one one funny news. There was a small school. They had uh, online learning. They were using video cameras. I think it was some student's father was running behind him uh, in his underwear. So that made the news. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Uh, That'd be something I'd do if it was my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, uh, it's not a surprise that uh, both the whole tribe and Washington State Emergency Services got the Starlink because Starlink factory is actually in Redmond, Washington. And in addition to these tests, we have heard of few military tests of Starlink. Military would probably be one of the biggest customers. 
and I would imagine many military and also civilian airplanes, boats, ships, trains, buses, and actually I think it was yesterday when Elon replied to a tweet of a truck driver that asked if they would have the Starlink in the future. Yeah, yeah, because in the future it will provide not only navigation and just internet connection everything, because you've got these constellations flying around at low Earth orbit. Um, you'll be able to utilize them for a wide range of things, really. And the ironic thing is SpaceX are actually launching the new GPS-3 satellites for the military, whilst also SpaceX are launching their Starlink satellites by the... literally by the bunches. <laughs> so it's a bit of a bit of a strange one, that, that they're doing, helping the military out with these satellites, but uh, by the way, Starlink could do the same thing, but better. Yeah, and actually, they are mutually inclusive, so actually, US Army funded a study that they were investigating if Starlink satellites could provide a cheap, high accuracy uh, and almost unjammable alternative to GPS. And the answer was yes. So they might, might actually do that at some point. Elon tweeted that SpaceX didn't get any funding for that study. Yeah, it'll have been a purely individual one, and he probably might not have access to that if it's a purely military only. They've done their own study and stuff like that. But I imagine they could could use it in conjunction with their GPS three satellites. Um, I'm aware that the new GPS three satellites they're putting in online. There's still a few more to go up and everything, but uh, the new ones can measure within a foot on the ground or something like that, whereas the current ones, it's something like 10 to 20 feet or more. So the new GPS-3 ones are a massive leap forward in terms of accuracy already. And if used in conjunction with Starlink, it could probably be even better to the point where it's measured down to the nearest millimeter. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, SpaceX's Starlink satellites would, would be basically repeaters for GPS signal. I think weather, because cloud cover sometimes hampers, and certain weather condition hampers the GPS. Whereas if you had a, a net of Starlink satellites over the Earth, compared to two or three GPS satellites beaming down on Earth trying to find your location, you've got a net of in excess of what, 50 to 100 satellites beaming down, and it should be able to give you unparalleled consistent navigation and everything else and connectivity yeah yeah you are exactly right and for the accuracy of gps actually the european galilei i think they have a use case for i mean there, there was a civilian case that would that was like a one meter of accuracy so three feet but i think they also had a encrypted version that was down to 10 centimeters or something like that. Yeah. Quite similar to this GPS, there was also news that SpaceX is looking at ways it could provide weather data to US military. So the company got a 2 million six money study contract from Space Forces Space and Missile Systems Center and SpaceX contract is part of Space Forces 
electro-optical infrared weather system. Not much is known about this, and even they, they haven't even told us are they going to use Starlinks for satellites, but I would guess they will, because what else do they have? Yeah, and um, I mean, to just bounce back a little bit, um, I think Elon put it out there to some of the hackers and stuff like that. Um, try and hack Starlink, basically, before it goes online to improve, essentially, the overall security of it, which is a bit of a random one to do. Try and hack this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think I remember that. And we are not yet done with the news. There was earlier this year, you might have heard about FCC's Rural Digital Opportunity Fund of $16 billion. So that's basically a fund that would distribute $16 billion over 10-year period for internet service providers to deploy broadband to underserved areas. And there was quite a bit of talk whether SpaceX could actually qualify for that. A few days ago, FCC released a new list and SpaceX is included there. They are only operational low Earth orbit internet provider within the other 300 plus companies. That's significant opportunity for them to make some money. Yeah, I mean, them being registered now, it means they're a step closer to bringing all this online. Yeah, totally. I mean, there, there was no info yet uh, if they qualify for the lowest latency internet, but even if they don't, that's going to fire up their production. I believe the latency would be improved. I think Elon said over time as more and more satellites get up there in orbit. I think he said it's it's just above or below the threshold that it needs to be. But he said once a couple of hundred more get up there, he said it'll just get faster and faster and faster. So he said quite easily achieve it, I think. Yeah, actually, they already uh, got it uh, from the information they have given us. So I think it was 18 millisecond latency and the limit for FCC's fund was 100 milliseconds. So if those numbers are real, there's going to be no problem. And I think the download speed was over 100 megabytes that they had demonstrated already. Yeah, which is faster than mine anyway, so they <laughs> can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a 100 megabyte download and then make upload with my internet. I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> and in other news, uh, it seems like we could get Starlink, Starlink soon in other countries because SpaceX actually got a Canadian bits basic international telecommunication services license. So that's a good start for international use. Yeah, because we see some companies just purely operating in America or just purely operating in the UK or Europe and stuff like that. So hopefully this international communications thing might push it further than just America maybe. But possibly they've got a few more um, certifications under the belt before they do that. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think they would need around 1,500 satellites to actually serve most of the world. Alright, last bit of news. I think this was already from last month. SpaceX won their first satellite contract to build missile tracking satellites 
from the Space Development Agency for DOD, Department of Defense. So the contract is worth 149 millions to build four satellites capable of tracking and providing early warnings of hypersonic missile launches. And this would also use the Starlink bus, maybe a bit modified version of it. So SpaceX is in the satellite business now. For this they will buy some components from another company, but that's going to mean real money for them. Uh, the estimates for a single satellite cost start from under 100k to a half a million dollars. And even if it would be a few millions to build one, they could still make tens of millions of dollars per satellite. Do you think we'll ever see a SpaceX satellite on an ULA rocket? Uh, probably not, because of Elon's uh, view on uh, non-reusable rockets that we've recently found out uh, from that, that recent, recent uh, Mars uh, conference stuff that's been just gone past. Um, but it's quite interesting that they've got that uh, 149 million for the military satellites. Um, I think they could quite easily do that because the existing Starlink satellites do an awful lot. So if you imagine a beefed up version and they just launch all four in one go, they'd be just literally unparalleled, I think, um, in terms of power and ability. Because the Starlink satellites, the size of a tabletop, they weigh the thin everything. You think what they can actually do in terms of providing internet, assistive GPS accuracy um, and everything else. So the Starlink satellites are almost 90% there, so it's a bit of a, in a way it's a bit of a weird one for the Department of Defense to award the 149 million to create a separate thing that Starlink in a way can almost do anyway. <laughs> yeah, basically it will be just another sensor for a Starlink satellite. And there was also another company, I think it was L3 Harris, and they got almost 200 million for another four satellites. And this 8-satellite batch was a test batch and they are planning to launch, I think it was 200 to 300 satellites more. So even if SpaceX could win half of that, half of that, that would be billions. Yeah, yeah, incredible. And the 149 million didn't include the launch. So the launches will be competed in another competition yeah another contract yeah against against all the companies ULA SpaceX and whoever else may dip the toe in that one and hopefully ULA won't get too much of the slice of the pie again <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> yeah it always seems the larger companies uh, like the likes of ULA whenever they're going for anything it's always split in their favor like 60 40 or 70 30 in, in favor of ULA for whatever strange reason. Although they're accurate, they're not reusable and they're more expensive, which is strange, but it happens. It's just all politics, I think, at the end of the day, partially. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we have now covered most of the positive news, but are there any negative sides of Starlinks? Yeah, I think the negatives um, are from what I've seen recently, just all the astronomy and um, space ob observation side of things. Um, obviously, the Starlink satellites and um, some, some of the early ones that 
very reflective, almost look like stars shooting through the sky essentially. So over long periods of time, if everyone's doing like a long exposure shot with a camera or a, literally studying a planet far, far out, and starting to get streaks across the camera and lens or long exposures. So it can prove a bit of a nightmare if you're doing any kind of specialist photographs or experimentation stuff. Yeah, that's true. But at, at least SpaceX is one company that actually tries to do something about that. So first they tried to paint the satellites with a dark coat that wasn't enough and the newest uh, design modifications are they added uh, like a solar like a sunshade the newer ones i believe yeah yeah sunset that's the word i was looking for and in combination with that they will reorient the spacecraft so they won't reflect that much sunlight yeah yeah and they're also designed to deorbit um, so if there's any kind of problems, just deorbit them and then they, they don't end up being space junk. So negative and a positive in a way. Yeah, yeah and I think SpaceX has already uh, deorbited most of the test batch satellites. So I think I saw a number around 40 to 50 deorbited Starlings already. Yeah. And the amount they're putting up there, that'll slowly get replaced by the newer versions anyway, because I believe they were the, they weren't the version 1 satellites, a lot of the early ones anyway. Yeah, they were 0.9 version satellites, and even some of the version 1 satellites that were launched first, they didn't have the inter-satellite laser connections. I think those satellites will be replaced at some point. What do you think of the aspect of maybe having... A smaller constellation around the moon for maybe the future for communications I would say that's a real possibility because I mean you could probably have internet from earth but then if you go to the far side of the moon or even the south pole they probably won't have a good signal so maybe like a hundred satellite constellation or even less would probably be the future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could easily beam it across, but it's just a case of uh, the latency on that one. <laughs> yeah. They would, uh, of course, uh, face a challenge on keeping the satellites in orbit of the moon because the lunar orbit is challenging one because moon has more mass on the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah, so it's not a stable gravitational pull, is it? No, and every satellite that doesn't use any kind of propulsion will eventually hit the moon. Yeah, yeah. So, how about the Kessler's, Kessler syndrome? Do you think SpaceX is going to cause it? Uh, I don't believe I've heard of that, to be honest. Tell me a bit more about that. I mean, uh, Kessler's syndrome uh, is the idea that when two satellites collide, they will collide into the other satellites and the whole orbit at that height will be unusable. Yeah, right. I've never, never heard that, to be honest with you. First time I've come across that. <laughs> ah. <laughs> A little fun fact for everyone out there. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think? Will... Will a Starlink collide with another satellite or not? I don't think so. Um, cause the system's in place at all. I know 
a lot of the LEO labs out there just recently tracked a, an old Russian satellite and a, an old Chinese uh, booster came within 10 metres of each other, pretty close shave. But um, there's a lot of ground stations observing all of this anyway, so as well as the Rome telemetry from SpaceX and everything else. So I imagine it's pretty well in hand. Yeah, I would think so too. Uh, SpaceX is the only operator that has a constellation with an autonomous... Uh, yeah, autonomous control with everything, yeah. Yeah, autonomous control to do some orbit changes if they are seeing a satellite colliding into them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all we've got time for this week on the deep dive on Starlink. Um, Lots more information online on that. Um, I'm Ryan from the Space Update. And I'm Mikko. Uh, thanks for listening and please tune in to the next episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks. See ya.